So we continue today on the uh, the topic of Bechira, on Rav Dessler's uh, understanding of the principle or the concept of uh, of Bechira, how exactly what what exactly Bechira entails, what's involved in that. Uh, and if you remember, so uh, Rav Dessler had explained that Bechira essentially revolves around uh, a person's struggle between doing that which is true, that which is MS, and succumbing to the illusory or the virtual world of of Sheker. The way, as we are talking about Vegas before, the way lights and bells and whistles can have a a means of attracting a person uh, to be able to engage in a particular thing, uh, even in the event that a person knows that it's something which is which is not true, but nonetheless, it's something which uh, could be very attractive, and it could be very difficult to uh, to resist. So, in the example that he gave, was he was talking about the person who's the smoker or the person who has an addiction. So, the smoker knows perfectly well that it's not something which is healthy when he smokes throughout the day. So, by the end of the day, his chest hurts; he has a hard time breathing, and he really knows that he should uh, he should quit. So, in that moment, at the end of the day, when he's feeling the uh, the pain. Of having smoked for another uh, another pack and a half uh, for the day, so the truth which he is aware of intellectually is that he really has to stop. That this is killing him, and then come the next morning when he goes out and uh, after he made the commitment, that he's not going to smoke anymore. So somehow consistently he's able to rationalize in his mind why one more cigarette isn't going to kill him, and then one plus one plus one plus one plus one throughout the day. Ends up being a pack and a half. He ends up with uh, you know thirty cigarettes over the course of the uh, over the course of the day. So that's a struggle. That's the example that Rav Dessel uses in terms of the struggle that we have with bechira, doing that which we know is correct versus doing that which uh, we are able to rationalize. We're able to justify in our mind why this particular thing is not going to be so so harmful, and then. That comes down to that. Uh, that is the essence of of bechira, and what he left off with, what we left off with in that part of the essay, was the fact that when a person succumbs to choosing badly, so essentially what they do is that since the the bechira revolves around truth versus something which is not true, so essentially what you're doing is truth is going to be associated with God not truth. Sheker is going to be associated with like Avodazara, that you're choosing something other than God by choosing something which is other than MS. And that's why we find all sorts of uh, all sorts of phrases from Chazal, like for example, the uh, the, the, the Yerushalmi in the Dharam says, that a person who listens to the Yitzhahara, succumbs to the Yitzhahara's uh, virtual reality and engages in that virtual reality rather than that which is actually MS, Kilo Ovadavodazara, such a person is akin to an idolater. So that's how severe we look at the at, at this type of uh, this type of thing. Okay, so where we now uh, pick it up. So now uh, so that's when again we're not going to read all of it inside. We'll go back and forth a little bit. But one thing that uh, so the the way the, the next part of Rav Dessler uh, uh, explains, you see it in the title of this piece here where it says, Nekudas HaBechira. So the, the phrase Nekudas HaBechira means that there's a Bechira point. And he'll explain exactly what that means, but as is, is, is we're going to see, Rav Dessler is of the opinion, and I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily unique in this regard, but I think it was somewhat novel when he, uh, when he introduced the, uh, the, the idea 
uh, in his lectures and in, in the, the Sfarim, which they put out from him, that Bechira, that we give way too much credit to the concept of Bechira, as if throughout the day we're making hundreds and perhaps thousands of Bechira choices over the course of the day. And as we're going to see, Rav Dessa maintains that there's really a very narrow window at which Bechira takes place, and the other decisions that we make are really outside of our Bechira range. So the example that he gives, he's going back to good old-fashioned war, not war with airplanes and not war with, uh, you know, uh, electronics and computers like uh, many uh, wars we fought nowadays. He's going back to the good old days when there was a front. So you have one army on one side, you have one army on the other side, and there is the place at which they are going to engage and they are going to fight for territory. So this first paragraph I do want to go ahead and read with you, just because this is where he presents uh, the the mashal, the parable which he gives, through which we will understand his perspective and his uh, his understanding of the chira. So he writes, you can think of it a little bit in terms of football, because football still has a line where they uh, where they line up and where the uh, but it's it's not exactly the same thing as far as territory. But he says kishishne amim nilchamim. So when you have two nations which are fighting, they're fighting with one another. There's a battle which is taking place. So the battle takes place at the place, at that, the, 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 the place of engagement. So there is a battle line. So the battle line is, think about it even before guns, you know, when they just had knives and shields and swords and stuff like that. So they would line up in a line and then they would engage with one another and everybody would be swinging and shielding and stabbing and doing all of, the, all of those things. But that's what they're doing. Now, what's the significance of that line, the battle line where the battle where the war is taking place? So So everything which is behind this nation over here, behind them, uh, in terms of the battle line, so that is Hukulotachasushuso. That's all considered to be their territory. They're not battling about the stuff which is behind them yet. The battle is right at the moment of impact, right at the, at the place where they are fighting. But what's behind this nation is considered to be their territory. And at that place, everything which is behind the front line, so that is all considered to be their territory, which is not really under dispute at the moment. And the same thing is true what's behind the other nation, whatever's behind the, the, uh, the, the line where they're, where they're doing the fighting, that all belongs to the second nation. So the war is taking place, and the conflict is taking place where they meet, and everything which is behind that front line, all of that is considered to be our territory, each one respectively, but it belongs to them, and they're not fighting about that right now. What happens is, in the event, so they start off like this, right in the middle, and then this nation goes in and pushes forward, pushes back on the other nation. So what happens is, and they push them back from that center point, from the original line. So then as the war now continues, as it renews, so now the battle is taking place over here. 
So it started off taking place over here. As this nation was successful, they were able to push back the other nation. They're able to conquer land. There's now more land which is under their control. And now we have a new place in which the engagement or the battle is taking place. But the place between here and here, those who are watching, so where the battle line shifted over, over the course of the day's battle, so that is now, Shom ein od melchama, there's no longer a battle in this area over here, between the original, let's say, the 50-yard line, and now the 40-yard line, which they forged forward to, because, kihu brashuso, because once they push the battle line to the 40-yard line, so that means everything between the 40-yard line and the 50-yard line, that's now their territory. They've now conquered that. They successfully conquered that. And there's no longer a battle which is taking place at the 50-yard line. That's old news already that there was a battle taking place at the 50-yard line. The point of engagement now is taking place at the 40-yard line. So at any given time in the war, there is one front line. That front line, the front line may move. It may go to the 40-yard line over here, then back to the 50-yard line, then over to the other 40-yard line. So where the front line is, that's something which is moving, depending on who is being successful in battle or who is not being successful in battle. But at any given time, there's only one line at which the battle is taking place. That's what we call the front line. And everything which is behind country A, that's all their territory. And whatever is behind country B, that's completely their territory. And that stuff is not under, uh, is not being battled about right now. The battle will always only take place at that front line. Ubekolach, but potentially, So even though actively there's only going to be one place of engagement, that's going to be the front line. However, the entire country or the entire country, respectively, for each of these two, uh, these two, uh, two countries, it could potentially be conquered. So the, the line could shift all the way over here off the screen. It could shift all the way over here off the screen, and one could completely take over the other country. But until you do so, the battle line is going to be at that front line, and that's where the, the war takes place. That's what the, what's happening. So this is the muscle that Rav Dessler gives to explain generally the concept of Bechira. So then he goes on to say, and this I'll summarize outside. So he says that every person also in there, when we talk about a person's Bechira Chavshis, so person's free will, what we're talking about is the Nakuda, we're talking about is that front line, that exact space where truth and Sheker, where Emes and Sheker are back to back or front are, are facing one another, and you have the choice between going in this direction or that direction. Are you going to choose truth, and you're going to make progress in that direction, or are you going to choose shek, or are you going to choose the uh, illusor, illusory word, or are you going to choose the virtual reality, and you're going to go in the other direction? But what's, what's significant is, is that every person has one particular spot where he says, his phrase is, Hainu benekudas pegishas ha'emeshelo, what we're talking about over here is that's going to be your Nakuda Sabahir, your Bahira point is the exact place where you can actually get confused between what's actually true 
in what's virtually true, what has the bells and the whistles and is trying to convince you that it's MS, even though it's not actually true. So that is, using his example from last week, that's the moment in the morning when the smoker says, I know that I shouldn't smoke, but one cigarette isn't actually going to kill me and it's not going to be so bad if I smoke that one cigarette. So as he's struggling with, should I have that one cigarette or should I not have that one cigarette? And even though he knows from experience, from years of trying to quit, that if he has that one cigarette, that means he's smoking the rest of the day. But nonetheless, that's where his struggle is. His struggle is that exact point where truth and, uh, and, uh, and virtual reality are going to be, are going to be uh, 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 he's going to face the two of them together. What that means is that if we say that there's a Bechira point, there's one point at which the person truly struggles, that means everything which is on this side of his Bechira point is something which he's for sure going to do. It's not a struggle for him to do. And everything which is on this side of the Bechira point is way beyond his ability to choose. It's beyond his potential to choose those things at that point. And he doesn't even see that as something which is Shekhar. As far as he's concerned, this is something which is perfectly acceptable behavior. And it's not really part of his, uh, his Bechira. And he explains that there are, as a result of our background, Background meaning our family, uh, our upbringing, our, our nature and our nurture. So our family upbringing, our school upbringing. So there's lots of things which we know are correct behaviors, and they're not something that we really struggle with. And let's use an, an extreme example, which he's going to get to eventually on the other side. But he says, let's use the extreme example that some guy goes ahead and cuts you off in, in traffic. So now, what, uh, what, uh, what uh, possible responses do you have? So you could get angry, you could swear at him, you could yell at him, you could honk at him. There's all sorts of things that you may do, but knowing those of you who are here, I know that none of you are going to take out a gun and shoot the guy, right? So even though it is possible you could shoot the guy, if you had a gun, you could potentially shoot the guy, but shooting somebody and killing somebody is not something which is at your Bechira point. It's not something that you're really struggling with. Should I shoot the guy or should I not shoot the guy? Because as a result of your upbringing, as a result of your education, so this is something which you don't really entertain the possibility of actually doing such a thing. And therefore, that's not something that you really get credit in terms of Bechir Chavshis. You did decide not to kill the person, but deciding to kill the person wasn't a realistic uh, expectation. It's not something that you would really do. And therefore, it's not something which is really subject to your Bechira at all. On the flip side of that, there are some things which are way beyond our expectation of Bechira. It's something which is beyond our present potential. And we're not held accountable for not making that choice because it's something which is something we don't even entertain. So, for example, there were tzaddikim who would only eat meat that they themselves would shech. They didn't trust anybody else to go ahead and shech, and that was a practice which, which they followed. For those of us who are here, we don't entertain that as, as advantageous at all. We don't see that as something which would, be, uh, which would be beneficial to do so. We don't see that as something that we would gain from doing that, and we don't even entertain that as a possibility because it's so far beyond what's on our radar screen in terms of the struggles which we go through where we are, that it's not really a struggle. So that's, his, that's the, the, the point which he, he says over there, that you're going to, that where we actually choose, when we talk about actual Bechira, 
What we're talking about is the exact point where I actually do have a struggle between should I do something which I know I should do, or should I do something which I know I should not do, but my Yetzirah is currently rationalizing and justifying why if I just do this once, it's something which is, which, which is, going, to be, which is going to be okay. So he says, the examples he gives is, everybody knows that speaking Lashon Hara is wrong, but many people struggle to actually not gossip about other people. You hear a good story, you read a good story, you hear about the, somebody else uh, and whatever is going on in their lives, and sometimes it's difficult, very often, it's difficult to restrain yourself and not share that juicy gossip with somebody else. And the reason why, even though intellectually we know that it's something which is usher, the reason why we go ahead and we succumb to that on a regular basis is because we're not morgul, we're not accustomed to treating Lashon Hara as a very serious offense. And being that it's not part of our, our training, sadly, it's not part of our training, but it's not part of our training, therefore that's considered to be something which is beyond our Bechira point. That's not something which we're really going to choose because it's something which is really beyond our grasp. On the flip side of that, so there are many things which are so pashatas, they're so obvious to us that they have to be done that we don't struggle to go ahead and do them. Keeping kosher is something which everybody knows you keep kosher. You go to the, the kosher store, you buy food with a, with a hechsher. As much as I may talk about the double bacon cheeseburger, but at the end of the day, it's not something which is a real temptation that when I'm driving past Burger King, I really feel this magnetic pull that I should go in there. And maybe if I just go through the drive-thru and nobody will see that, uh, you know, who it is. It's hard when I have my van. But if I drive through there and nobody sees who I am, so maybe I could get away with it uh, just this, uh, this once. So that's one of those things, which is not really a struggle. Keeping Shabbos is something which is not really a struggle for us. We don't have the temptation. Listen, there's an important game which is going on today. Let me just flip on the television. How bad could it be? Or I really need to go ahead and, uh, you know, I have a, uh, an appointment which I need to, uh, to make. And therefore, I'm going to drive there on Shabbos. That's not one of the things which we struggle with because keeping Shabbos and keeping Kashras are things which are below our Bechira point. We're not really struggling with those things. And these are things which essentially we have, we have conquered already. And therefore, we always have, so that's why we have the Nukura Sabachira. I'm going to switch from uh, vertical now to horizontal, as you'll, you'll see why in a moment. So I have my Nukura Sabachira, where my struggle takes place. Let's say on any given issue, it goes from zero to 100. So I will, at a certain point, I'm going to lock in and I'm going to say that, let's say my Shabbos is at 65. So I don't remember all the halachas of Muksa. I don't remember all the halachas about things that you're not supposed to talk about on Shabbos. So those are things which are above my Bechira point in terms of Shabbos. But turning on lights, turning on the television, driving a car, those things are way below my Bechira point, And I'm not going to struggle with that. So I, I notch in at level 65. So there's 35 levels of better adherence to Shabbos, which I still have to go. There are 65, which are below me, which I'm not really struggling at. It's really 64 or maybe 63. And Rav, Rav Dessler says that the only place where I really struggle is at level 65, one level above and one level below. Right? If you remember in The Price of Right, they had that thing that you have to like guess the price of something, and then you have to get it within a certain range. As long as you your guessed the price that you guess 
falls within a certain range, so then you win the uh, you win the prize two dollars above and two dollars below. Let's say. So here also, if Dessler says that when we talk about a bechira point, it means you notch in at level sixty-five. At level sixty-five, that's where uh, MS and Sheker are back-to-back or face-to-face. That's where they interact with one another. That's when it becomes difficult to differentiate between what's the actual MS and what's the actual Sheker. One level above that, 66, I could still reach up and I could grasp that. That would be a challenge. One level below 65 is 64. I also could struggle and I could still be entertained by the the Eight Sahara, or I could be convinced by the Eight Sahara to go ahead and do that. But everything which is above 66, 67 and above, and everything which is 63 and below, those are outside of my Bechira. Either it's because it's so Pasha that I'm going to do it, that it's not really a struggle, Kashrush and what I know about Shabbos. And then there are other levels which are above that, which I don't really know. And I don't even realize that I'm necessarily doing something wrong by having conversations on Shabbos, talking about things which you're not allowed to do, or touching objects which are muksa, which I don't even realize that they're muksa. I'm just fidgeting because I need something to go ahead and fidget with. But this is his main principle. This is what the Rav Dessler is famous for in terms of Bechira, this idea that there is such a thing called a Bechira point, that's where you struggle, the Nakudas of Bechira, that's where I struggle to choose well or I fail and I choose incorrectly. But outside of that narrow range at where I struggle to go ahead and choose correctly, everything else is either pushed, it's obvious that I'm going to do, or it's obvious that I'm not going to do, but it's not something that I, str- that I struggle with. So that is uh, important point number one, which he says, again, that's the, uh, the famous idea of Nekudas HaBechira, his Bechira point. Then in this next paragraph, he goes on, and this is why his parable or his, uh, uh, his, uh, his example of a battlefront is something that the, uh, the front lines, so that's why that is going to be important, because he says, our Bechira isn't static. So using our example, if I am, in terms of my Shabbos observance, I am at level 65, that doesn't mean for the remainder of my life I'm at 65. So this is something which is very dynamic. Your Bechira point is something which can change. And he says, at the end of the first line of this paragraph, he says, Ki hatovos hadam ola If when you're at level 65, if one Shabbos you choose correctly, you now raise your Shabbos Bechira point, from a 65 to a 66. So you just upgraded one level. And it means, So even though last Shabbos, my Bechira point, the place of battle, was a level 65, by choosing correctly last Shabbos and upgrading my Bechira point, my new Bechira point is now at 66. So now that I'm choosing a level 66, that means the previous level, which I was struggling with last week at 65, that's now under my domain, and I've conquered that. And now at this point, I'm no longer struggling at level 65. Now my struggle is, will I go up to level 67, or will I potentially lose ground by choosing incorrectly and revert back to 65? But for the second Shabbos, my choice is going to be revolving around level 66 now, rather than at level 65. Meaning, the place where I used to struggle, level 
that's now successfully conquered by the Yetzer HaTov, by my good inclination. And now, as we said, my struggle is at 66, and I no longer struggle at 65. And as a result of that, so now I'm no longer going to be troubled or no longer going to be challenged at level 66. Once I've completed that level, so now I have a new challenge. And he says, this is a fascinating perspective on this, he says, Vizehu, this is what Chazal mean in Pirkei Avos when they say mitzvah goreris mitzvah. That if you do one mitzvah, it schleps along another mitzvah. So what does it mean that it schleps along another mitzvah? It means that once I choose correctly at level 65, and now I'm upgraded to level 66, so now everything at 65 is now considered to be pashat. It's considered to be obvious that I'm going to choose correctly, and I'm going to do all of those mitzvahs without having to struggle at all. So one mitzvah goes ahead and elevates me, it puts me in a different position, and allows more land to be under my conquest, to be under my control. That's what happens when I successfully go ahead and choose on one Shabbos, when I go from 65 to 66. But in the event that when I'm struggling at 65, I go ahead and I make a mistake, I choose incorrectly, I decide to go the Muktzah route, or I decide to go and discuss things which are inappropriate to discuss on Shabbos, which are prohibited to, 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 uh, to discuss on Shabbos. At that point, I now fall from a 65-level Shabbos to a 64-level Shabbos. And then the next week, rather than being at the same level or being at a higher level, I now went from 65 to 64. So now I'm struggling at something which used to be... Uh, um, uh, under my Yetzer HaTov, and now this is now the new battle lines were drawn, and now I'm struggling at level 64 rather than at 65, which means that the Yetzer Hara has now made progress, has now made the definitive progress towards, uh, towards uh, putting more area under the Yetzer, uh, the, the, the Yetzer Hara. And he says, again, that's the idea of the Mishnah Perkeavos, Avera Goreras Avera. That if I'm at level 65 and I do an Avera, and as a result of that, I fall to level 64, that means that level 65, I'm no longer, it's unlikely that I'm going to be able to choose correctly now at level 65. That means that there's more things that I'm not doing correctly. And that's just a natural consequence of your Bechira, that when you choose well, you upgrade your level. When you choose incorrectly, your level drops. And now there's going to be more things which are under the control of the Yetzahara, and they're uh, essentially outside of your ability to go ahead and, and choose. And he says similarly, and this is a, a statement which, uh, when you read it in Shas, it's difficult to understand. But now, in light of what Rev. Dessler is explaining, so it makes a lot of sense. And he says that the statement is, Kevin Sha'ava Adam Avera, once a person goes ahead and does an Avera once. Vishanaba, and then he goes ahead and repeats the Avera. So initially, when he was facing that Avera, so that was his Bechira point. He was struggling at that level. So we're going to call that, he was at level 65 on Shabbos, and he was struggling with Muktza, or he was struggling with a conversation about something which, which is Aser. So one Shabbos, he goes ahead and he has a conversation about something he shouldn't have been discussing. That was bad. Then he goes ahead and he does that a second time. So it's still, it's still within his range of struggle, but he's now failed twice. So once he went ahead and failed twice, 
that drops him a level and that level where he was previously struggling is no longer a struggle anymore. The Eitzahara has already conquered that. The Eitzahara has already put up his flag over there and declared victory as far as level 65 is concerned. And therefore, Chazal say, Huchralo. Their language is, it becomes permitted. So you do an Aveira once, you do an Aveira twice. So at that point, Chazal say, it's now mutter. So the Gemara says, Huchralo, all I need to do is an Aveira twice, and then it becomes permitted for me forever to go ahead and do that. That's great. I only get two Aveiras, and now I have two double bacon cheeseburgers I get punished for. And then after I get punished for those first two double bacon cheeseburgers, the rest of them are mutter. So how could that possibly be, say Chazal? So Chazal say, we don't really mean that it becomes mutter, but naselo keheter. It becomes as if something is permitted to you, meaning, as Rav Dessler says, means you're no longer going to struggle at that level. And once you're no longer struggling at that level, it's like anything else which is above you, which you don't even struggle, it's beyond your capacity to go ahead and choose that correctly anymore, because you've fallen a level, you've fallen a level or levels, and now what used to be the place where you struggled is something which is beyond your grasp already at that point. And therefore you just give up on that and you're not even struggling with that anymore. That's the least of your, uh, that's the least of your concerns. So here is something which is this, uh, this idea that, you're, that number one is you have a Bechira point, the exact place where you're going to be struggling between what is actual truth and what is uh, a, a virtual truth, which is ultimately Sheker. And then that's where you get to choose. And then that Bechira point, however, it, rather than being static, that is something which is dynamic. And if you choose correctly, so then the Yetzir HaTov conquers more land and it elevates you from a 65 to a 66 or a 67. But if you go ahead and you choose incorrectly, so then you drop levels and now you'll find yourself at level 64 or 63. And once you drop to those lower levels, the original place, the original battle line, which was at 65, is now considered to be beyond your grasp, beyond your reach, and you're not going to be able to succeed at making any progress over there. And then he says that, um, so he gives us as an example of where different people are going to be uh, struggling. So he says, um, right, so he says, we'll use the, the sentence and then we'll talk about the, his example outside. So he says over here, he says, So there are some people who they grow up in a very from family. They grow up in a very from neighborhood. They go to a very from school, a very religious school, and they are trained from youth about Torah and mitzvahs. To the point where many things, many mitzvahs, and many aveiras, many mitzvahs he will do automatically, many aveiras he will avoid automatically, because his chinuch, his education is so strong that those things are not really where his struggle is. So he's showing up on the Vechira uh, uh, um, scale, he's showing up at level 90, at level 92, perhaps level 95. He's clocking in relatively high. His starting point is relatively high because he grew up amongst tzaddikim, as he says, he grew up amongst tzaddikim and other people who are very conscientious in their mitzvah observance. And therefore, what's going to happen is, what happens is, and he says this in in a few lines, which I think is very important. He says, the last word over here, as we switch from one page to the next, it says, Yoel lo So the education he got growing up 
with a from family in a from neighborhood with uh, going to uh, today's schools and yeshivas. He says that for him, his struggle is not going to be whether or not he's going to eat a double bacon cheeseburger, whether he's going to commit an Aveira actively, or whether he is going to refrain, or whether he's just going to skip Shachris one day because he's just not in the mood. Something like skipping Shachris is something which is beyond him. He would never go, he couldn't entertain such a thing as skipping Shachris. So such a person who, by instinct already, by chinuch or by instinct, is going to be davening every day, his struggle isn't to get himself to shul. His struggle isn't whether to open up the sitter to daven shachris mincha marv. His struggle is going to be how much kavan is he going to be able to generate when he says those things. Is he going to say it mindlessly or is he going to say it with a lot of kavana? But whether he's going to daven mincha, never in a million years would he ever entertain the possibility of skipping mincha. It's just not something on his radar screen. His entire day revolves around when he's going to daven shachris, when and where he's going to daven mincha, and when and where he's going to daven marv. And the possibility of not davening with a minion is something which, which never, never even appears on his radar screen. But then he says, yishanech ben rishayim. Then the flip side is, you can have a person who grows up with wicked people. Chusim v'ganavim, a bunch of thieves and lowlifes. It's low, so for a person who grows up in such an environment, lo klal im lignov o Such a person sees a, a, a bag which was left out. Such a person sees a wallet which is left out. Or such a person sees a phone which is left behind. They don't struggle at all to go ahead and just grab that person's phone or grab that person's wallet and take all of the cash and use as many credit cards as they can before they get canceled. Such a person, it's not a struggle for them. That's, That's their existence is to go ahead and take things which don't belong to them and use them. So what is that person? So that person, let's say, is, is, is appearing on the Bechira scale at level five or level seven, somewhere pretty low on the scale. So what does that person struggle with? His struggle is, should the person I just mugged, should I kill him also or should I just let him go? That's his struggle. His Bechira point is whether to kill the person whose wallet he just took, or should he uh, let him go? Or he broke into somebody's house and he has them tied up on the floor. Should I shoot them on my way out, or should I just let them, uh, sh- should I let them live? That's where his struggle is. Visham Himachemes Yisraf. And that's where his battle, because he's at level five. So level five, it's not even a question about whether you're going to steal. Whether to steal, that's a level 15. He's already way below level 15, that it's obvious that he's going to steal. His only struggle is, should I kill? Should I shoot? Should I injure? Should I hurt this person? Or should I just let them be on the floor and just be scared out of the pants? Because his Yetzirah, his Yetzirah Tov is only at, is only going to be at level, uh, is only going to be level five. He only has numbers one, two, three, four, and five, which are where his Yetzirah Tov is still active, is still, uh, is still present. And all of the other levels, all of that are all have been conquered by the Yetzirah. And therefore, it's not even a struggle for him for those things. And he doesn't, the, the Yetzirah has already conquered the Avera of Geneva 
from this person, and he doesn't even struggle with that at all. It's a no-brainer that he's going to go ahead and steal anything he could go ahead and get his hands on. And now he says, so that is, so everybody, so the tzaddik is struggling at level 95. The Russia is struggling at level 5. So it appears superficially that the tzaddik is much better off in terms of Bechira than the, than the Russia, than the person who's at level 5, because he's struggling in such a different arena. It's a different orbit. It's a different stratosphere entirely where the, the struggles are taking place. But he says the truth is, and this is, the, my, my favorite line of the whole thing. So I can't uh, get the whole thing uh, highlighted. But beginning from here, he says, Nimza, it turns out, your, your chinuch, meaning your background, doesn't change at all the nature of what it means to struggle. Because everybody struggles at their nekudas habachir, everybody struggles at that point at which they can't differentiate between that which is true and that which is sheker, and that's what we define as bechira, that inability to differentiate between that which is emes and that which is sheker. So that doesn't change no matter what level you're at, because whatever level you're at, it's going to be the same exact struggle that you can't tell the difference between emes and sheker, what's actual reality and what's virtual reality. So that doesn't change anything. The only thing that education, the only thing that your upbringing, the only thing that nurture does is where on the scale you're going to have that struggle. Are you going to be struggling between truth and falsehood at level 95? Or are you going to be, going to be struggling between truth and falsehood at level 5? But wherever you are on that scale or anywhere in between, wherever you are, the, the struggle of Bechira is universal. It is the inability to tell the difference between Emes and Sheker. And therefore, a person who's at level 70, there's no reason to look down at the person who's struggling at level 20 because your Bechira and his Bechira are exactly the same. You can't tell the difference between Emes and Sheker. The only difference is, is that you're struggling at level 70, he's struggling at level 20, and you think that you're superior because you're struggling at level 70, he's struggling at level 20, but the truth is, is that you're at 70, he's at 20, that was God's doing. God gave you the education, God gave you the family, gave, God gave you a day school education, and God didn't give any of those things to that person. Comes from a broken home, he has no day school education whatsoever, he grew up on the street, and that's why he's struggling at level 20. So the fact that he appears on the scene at 20 and you appear at 70, that was God's doing. That's not your doing. Now the question is, you at 70 and he at 20, who's making successful choices? Is he making 20, but last week he was 18 and he already went up two notches and therefore he's growing. Whereas for you, you made last week have been at level 72. You chose incorrectly and now you fall into level 70. So he grew two levels and you fell two levels. So he's growing and you're failing, even though on this objective scale, you're at 70, he's at 20, but that has nothing to do with anything. That's not how it's going to be measured. It's going to be measured on the success or failure of your Bechira point. What did you do at your Bechira point? Did you choose correctly and move the front line in the direction of the Yetzer Tov? Or did you fail in your ability to discern between MS and Sheker? And as a result of that, you fell in the Yetzirah has now conquered more uh, has now conquered more space. But everybody, the struggle that everybody has is going to be exactly the same struggle to be able to differentiate between that which is true and that which is uh, that which is false. Um, 
Okay, so let us um, just read part of this paragraph over here, just the uh, the beginning part of the paragraph. We'll do it a little bit quickly just because of time. But he says, This is now his summary. What emerges from our discussion, When we talk about so we talk about free choice. It's not this wide-ranging ability, like if I'm going to choose to have Cheerios or life cereal in the morning, that wasn't Bechira. You're going to choose whatever you choose. You don't really care one way or the other. But there, all there is is a single point. And where you are on the scale, where your Nekudas HaBechira is on the scale, whether level 90 or 70 or 20 or 10, this has to do with factors which are in the past, things which you can no longer control. You may have never been able to control them, but those are things which are not under your control, and it's not, uh, it's not something that uh, uh, to make a big deal about. But wherever your struggle is, whatever level you're going to be at, wherever you are on the scale and you're struggling, that is your Nekudas Bechira, and those previous factors uh, uh, do not influence your Bechira at that point. That point is going to be all inside of your own head or inside of your own heart to be able to differentiate between MS and Shekhar. And he says, And this idea is actually clear in the Torah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu declares that life and death I have presented to you. What does that mean? Perish. So he says this means, he says the mixture of your character, the different character traits which comprise who you are, your education, and your outside influence, the neighborhood, and your friends and your family. Those are all things which influence what for you is chayim, meaning what is right below, right above your bechira point where you're going to be choosing good. Choosing life means choosing MS and doing the right thing. Tov and MS. Umavis and what's going to be death, which is Ra and Sheker. So oh, some of these things which are above your Bechira point and those things which are below your Bechira point are not where your struggle is. That's not, what that's not where your Bechira rests. That's not where your Bechira lies. Those are the circumstances of your life which were created by God. HaKadosh Baruch Hu custom created the circumstances of your life and all those factors which then bring you onto the scale at level 90, level 70, level 30, level 10, wherever that's going to be. Nasati I gave those things to you, mean, heim dvarim nisunim. These are things which I provided, God says, and you cannot take credit nor need you take blame for where you appear on the scale today, because all that's in the past. Those things which put you wherever you find yourself on the scale, those are things which are primarily the result of uh, of factors outside of your control. Like all the other environmental things, who decided that you're going to be born in the 19th century rather than in the 17th century or the 15th century? That's a circumstance which God shows. That wasn't your choice to go ahead and, be, and to be born in whatever century you were born, whatever year you were born. Aval, but what the Pasuk goes on to say is, I've created the scene. I put all the factors necessary to create this Nakuda Sabahira, the place where you're going to struggle between MS, which is truth, versus virtual reality, which is actually Sheker. And now your job at whatever level you're at, 90, 70, 30, 10, 
Your job is to choose correctly, choose MS or life at that point. Because that re- reflects true reality and that reflects the actual truth of, uh, of the universe. In Ha'adam Levado Osa Osa. And oh, it's only you who controls that Nakudas Abachir, who controls that Bachira point. Belishum Siba Shatifalov without any external factor weighing in or influencing you, you or pushing you in a particular direction. This is your moment to shine. This is your moment to go ahead and choose correctly exactly at that, that, that Bachira point. And that's why he says, and with this we'll finish, he says, that's what Chazal mean when they say, Hakobi de Shamaim, everything is in the hands of heaven, meaning all of the circumstances of one's life are in the hands of heaven. Chutz miyira Shamaim, except for fear or awe of Shamaim, because the only, the, the Yira Shamaim is where my Bechira takes place. That is my Bechira point. So everything else, all the circumstances in the background, uh, which led up to the moment of choice, that was all arranged by God. And now that all of that scenery is in place, now comes the moment of choice. And are you going to choose Chaim? You're going to choose truth. You're going to see what is true reality in this world. Or are you going to make the mistake and be swayed by the Sahara, who's trying to convince you that virtual reality is where it's at, and the bells and the whistles, which are trying to attract you towards uh, those things. And you're going to choose that. And as a result of that, fall down a, a, a level. So this is the essence of, uh, of uh, Rav Dessler's uh, understanding of how exactly Bechir, what Bechir is and how exactly it, uh, it works. And we'll hold it here. So we are, let me just, um, so we are,